Hello and welcome to the Rackman Review. I'm Ben Hall, Europe Editor at the Financial Times, standing in for Gideon Rackman. This week's edition is about a new migrant crisis in Europe, as Italy grapples with a surge in arrivals from North Africa. My guest is Nicoletta Pirozzi, head of the EU programme at Italy's Institute for International Affairs in Rome. Italy has become one of the main entry points to the EU for irregular migrants, but its new nationalist Prime Minister, Giorgia Maloney, has taken a hard line and is demanding Europe do more to help. Why has Maloney taken such a confrontational approach? Some 90,000 people have arrived in Italian ports so far this year after a perilous journey across the southern Mediterranean, often in small overcrowded boats. Many have been rescued at sea by ships operated by NGOs seeking to save lives. As the nearest port, Italy is obliged under humanitarian law to allow migrants to land. Maloney promised to work constructively with the EU when she took over the job last month, but she immediately waded into a diplomatic row with France after refusing to take in a shipload of migrants rescued by a French NGO. The European Commission calls in a statement for the immediate disembarkation at the nearest safe place of all migrants on board the Ocean Viking, a migrant rescue ship. Italian authorities have not allowed it to disembark fully. A statement on the Commission's website added, the situation must be urgently addressed to avoid a humanitarian tragedy. The Ocean Viking has now left Italian waters and is heading to Marseille in France. Paris slammed Italy for failing to abide by its humanitarian obligations to take people rescued at sea. Here's French Europe Minister Laurence Boone accusing Italy of a breach of trust. But Rome is fed up and wants other EU member states to share the burden. Here's Georgia Maloney speaking recently about her government's disagreement with France. I've been very much struck by the French government's aggressive reaction, which from my point of view is incomprehensible and unjustified. Almost 90,000 people have entered Italy since the start of the year. On the same day of our discussions about the Ocean Viking, 600 people arrived in small boats. I began by asking Nicoletta why Maloney risked picking a fight with Paris over the Ocean Viking. Well, I think that situation is the result of the choice by the Maloney's government to keep uh, a tough stance on identity issues that are appealing to the domestic electorate. So migration is for sure one of those, but also rights, for example. And this is due to the limited margin of maneuver that she has on other issues, for example, foreign policy, economic policy, due to external constraints coming from Europe and external allies. However, honestly, I don't think they predicted such an escalation with France, which reacted also in an unusual, surprising, harsh way. And I think this is also due to internal circumstances in France, given that Macron is now a minority government, is facing a general uh, strike, uh, he has political pressure on migration by Le Republicain and uh, Le Pen. Finally, I think we have to consider a few elements. Meloni's lack of extensive experience on European politics and uh, diplomacy. This is a first for her. 
and also the role that Matteo Salvini is trying to play in the government coalition because he's being very vocal on his traditional political battles and migration is certainly one of those. Plus, I would add the distance between uh, Meloni and Macron also in terms of uh, political and ideological uh, stance. You clearly put the emphasis on the internal domestic calculations of this new government. But is there also a problem of irregular migration coming over from the southern Mediterranean? Is it actually getting worse? Well, actually, the numbers of irregular arrivals have been rising steadily since 2020. After a decrease, we had between 2017 and 2019. So for this year, for example, the projections are around uh, 100,000 which will not exceed the threshold uh, since 2017. So we are not in the situation of the migration crisis in 2015, 2016, but still the numbers are growing. Libya is not the only point of embarkation, I have to say, because, for example, in the first six months of 2022, 55% embarked in Libya, but 21% came from Tunisia and another 21% even from Turkey. So to answer your question, the numbers are growing, but we have not reached the level of the migration crisis a few years ago. As you pointed out the numbers did dip after the 2016 migrant crisis and no doubt Matteo Salvini might claim some credit for that performance as during his time as interior minister where he also took an incredibly tough stance on that. Is Meloni trying to sort of out Salvini, Mr Salvini? To a certain extent, yes, we can see some continuity if we compare what the government is doing and what Matteo Salvini was doing back then. And for example, the current Minister of Interior, Piantedosi, has also pointed to the spectularization of the clash with the NGOs and also this confrontation with France. Overall, the Italian demands to Europe on migration have never substantially changed, basically, also with the different governments since the Gentiloni's government. Italy has always asked for a reduction of irregular flows and also greater solidarity within the European Union in terms of redistribution of asylum seekers and irregular migrants arriving to Italy and also the revision of the Dublin regulation. But yes, I can see there is this tension within the majority with uh, Meloni facing this uh, mounting presence by Matteo Salvini on this specific topic. The question of burden sharing, if you like, across the EU of these migrant flows is deeply divisive. Does that explain why the EU cannot come up with a common system for handling these boatloads and, and handling the processing of asylum seekers? Well, yes, for years there has been no agreement whatsoever because each country has its own uh, more or less legitimate claims over uh, migration. 
Now we have the additional burden coming from the East with the Russian aggression of Ukraine and the many refugees flowing to Italy from Ukraine. The Commission has tried in the past to find a compromise. In 2020, the Commission proposed a pact that would take into account all the dimensions of migration policies and try to find an inclusive agreement, this new pact on migration and asylum. But for the moment, there is no agreement, although the Council and the Parliament have pledged to agree on something by 2024. And I have to say that in the past, Salvini himself insisted when he was Minister of Interior, for example, to abolish the naval component of the European Union maritime mission uh, SOFIA, which was helping in the management of migration because he claimed that the presence of rescue ships attracted migrant departures, the so-called pull factor. And now this is the same accusation directed also at NGOs which operate in this vacuum that basically has been left by the European France, during its presidency of the EU uh, in the first half of this year, did negotiate a sort of voluntary burden-sharing system. Has it not worked or is it just too early in its life to bring results for Italy? Yeah, this is the agreement that France uh, suspended recently. It was more a declaration of solidarity involving 18 uh, EU countries plus some others, such as Switzerland, for example, and Norway. It is not a structural solidarity mechanism in the European Union, as Italy would like, but it is more a a temporary mechanism that will last one year and which applies mainly to migrants rescued at sea, so not to all the applicants. Plus, participation, as you say, is voluntary. Basically, France withdrew when it wanted to. And this is the main problem of this kind of agreement. We have a non-binding and non-structural agreement for all the reasons that we were mentioning uh, before. In 2019, there was another agreement, the Malta Agreement, signed by the Conte government, which was very similar, but limited to Italy, France, Germany and Malta. So there have been several attempts, but as long as these agreements are not binding, it would be very difficult to have such a European uh, solidarity and such a sensitive issue. From the French point of view, It was Italy that reneged on its commitments because Italy has a legal obligation, as Paris sees it, to, well, it has a legal obligation to give a port to these boatloads since it is the nearest safe harbor. And French ministers talked about a sort of breach of trust with Italy. They have a point, don't they, that if Italy is not prepared to stick by its international obligations, then other countries might not want to help it. Yes, there is a a crisis of trust that this position taken by the Italian government has uh, initiated, basically, with this move. It is true that Italy is trying to make a point, basically, on the fact that this Dublin regulation that we have, the fact that it is the country of first arrival that has to take in charge all the procedures related to asylum demands, is not sustainable in the long term. And there has to be some European solidarity on this specifically. 
On the other side, some member states are saying that Italy is not doing enough in terms of secondary movements. So, for example, it is true that people arriving in Italy then move to other countries, mainly Germany, for example, and even France. And this is also the reason why France has uh, reinforced uh, the controls at the Ventimiglia border. So it is a very tricky situation, which is not good for Italy and France and not good for Europe overall. Migrant flows from Africa are set to be quite a long-term phenomenon, given all the push factors like population growth and climate change there. Is that why Italy needs a long-term solution to irregular migration? Yes, this is what Italy wants. However, if we look at how the migration issue is framed at the political level, we realize that it is often presented not as a structural phenomenon, but more as a risk or a threat. And the government very often behaves accordingly. So basically, they don't want to give the impression they're conceding anything to other European uh, partners and they want to make a point that Italy needs help by the European Union. And Nicoletta, what about the role of rescue ships operated by non-governmental organisations? Italy and some other governments claim they are actually facilitating irregular migration across the sea. Do they have a point? Yes, this is the current position of the government. Minister Piantedosi has proposed a decree to limit the possibility of NGOs to operate in the territorial waters because there is this assumption that they still act as a pull factor for migration and the fact that they are present in the Mediterranean Sea is helping people to uh, leave from the southern Mediterranean coast to the Italian coasts. Is it actually true that they are acting as a sort of um, pull factor? They are, of course, also saving people from drowning. Exactly. I mean, there is a uh, humanitarian necessity of saving lives in the Mediterranean. The European Union had a maritime mission in the past that was helping in this task and was the result of a solidarity among member states. But this is not the case anymore. So basically, NGOs are replacing what the governments and the European Union itself should do at sea. Is the EU you facing another migrant crisis? It's not just an uptick in arrivals across the sea. We're also seeing quite a large increase in the number of people coming through the Western Balkans. And of course, millions of Ukrainian refugees have fled Russia's aggression there this year, and we may see more coming from Ukraine as winter sets in. Is Europe in a situation in which it can handle this without it generating a lot of political divisions. The EU is indeed facing an unprecedented crisis in numbers, and this is mainly due to the Ukrainian people coming from the eastern flank. However, if you look at the reactions among uh, the governments in the European Union, this has not raised any controversy or confrontation uh, between member states. Nothing comparable to what happened, for example, for uh, non-European migrants. 
So, for example, the temporary protection scheme for Ukrainian refugees was approved in record time, also because it was framed as another component of the European support for Ukraine. But it is clear that the sensitivity on the migration flows from Ukraine is different compared to other migrants. I don't know the situation in the Balkans very well, but I know that high numbers are also due to the fact that Frontex records attempted irregular entries, so not individual people. So, for example, the same person can be counted uh, several times. So, in essence, I think the situation is complex and the numbers are again growing. But for me, this is primarily a political issue and we're still in the condition to face it without any major problems if the governments in the EU find a common agreement. As you said, this is a sort of defining issue for Georgia Maloney, uh, but will it become the defining issue as far as her European partners are concerned? I mean, can she sort of compartmentalise this issue and still act as a sort of constructive pragmatic player in other fields in the EU, or is this going to be a source of distrust? This is what Giorgia Meloni is trying to do, I think, uh, to compartmentalize, trying to show its um, firm stance on some issues, including migration, but at the same time adopting very constructive approach on other issues, for example, on economy, on budget, as we clearly have seen also during her first visit to Brussels to the EU leaders. However, this is not how the European Union works, really, because, for example, this confrontation on migration can have also a negative impact on other sectors on which Italy is trying to advance its request for reform in the European Union, for example, the economic governance and the modification of uh, financial rules. Do you think that shows a certain sort of political naivete on the part of Georgia Maloney, who's obviously only been in power for a little over a month and, and had very little experience of government or diplomacy beforehand? To a certain extent, yes. I don't think she realized fully the possible consequences of uh, such a move. I think it was a full step at the beginning of her government. Not the best way to begin her mandate uh, in Europe, but something that can be repaired through the mobilization of the diplomatic channels. We have seen the President of the Republic jumping in, Mattarella, and calling President Macron. Uh, We have seen the um, Foreign Minister Tajani playing a mediation role at the latest meeting of the Council of the European Union. Of course, this has to be paired with better prepared political initiatives in the next future. So she has to learn to look not only at the domestic fear, as it has done so far, but also at the broader picture of their political choices and those of her allies. And for many outside of Italy... They see Maloney as the sort of first post-fascist premier of Italy. This is her showing her true colours, isn't it? Well, as I say, these identity issues are the most appealing for the electorate that Maloney is uh, talking to. 
migration, uh, civil rights. And these are also the first uh, sectors in which the government has acted. So in order to regain uh, trust and credibility also with her uh, European allies, I think she will have to prove to be much more uh, pragmatic and much more constructive uh, in the many sectors in which Italy will have to deal with uh, European institutions. That was Nicoletta Pirozzi ending this edition of the Rackman Review. Thanks for joining me. Gideon will be back next week, so please listen again then. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 